One, two, three. I do need to get one out one of those clapper things. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy with Pablo Juan, Matthew, Jim from the 423 Soccer Pod, and Mix. We're here to talk about uh, something we've waited a little while to talk about to make sure we had our thoughts in order. The 2023 CFC Women's WPSL season. We're going to digest it in the whole. We're going to talk about different pieces, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, what we're excited about, what we were less excited about, and anything in between. But first, um, if you're a player or a player's family and you're listening to this, turn this shit off. Don't listen to us. Um, don't listen to it around kids. We probably are going to curse, and we're we might say things that like are negative as 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 we as we're going to try to grade things. Right. First of all, none of those things are meant towards anybody. None of those things are meant as offensive. Like again, you probably shouldn't listen to this if you're a player. It it, it might be, you know. Uh, if we judge that we need to be better on the field, like that might not feel good. Right. Um, but also if you're a player and you are listening to this, thank you. Thank you for 2023. Maybe you were around in 2022 as well. Thank you. Um, y'all represented us wonderfully in the, on the field and in the community. Um, I'll, I'll let, you know, Jim and, and Matt say kind of how they feel, but like, I'm just so grateful that you guys chose to spend your summer here that you chose to, to wear the blues and, I hope uh, we'll, our paths will cross again, whether it's on the field next year or another year or in the stands or wherever it is. You're part of our family now, and thank you for, for doing that, and you're once a blue, always a blue. Y'all have anything to add? No, you, you pretty well covered it. Yeah, I didn't do this. When the, you know, are you, is this one of the things you're supposed to do? No. During the intro, during the intro, is that I, for the for these folks? I just started it. Uh, just started doing the it. Folks on the podcast have no idea what we're doing. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the majority of our listenership has no idea what we're doing because yeah. the YouTube doesn't get uh doesn't get as many. But you know, if you don't want to look at us, I understand. Yeah, we're well, not the best I looking mean, guys. Yeah, voice for radio. Speaking of Thanks which, I'm going to go straight to a listener question, um, <laughs> Jim. This is a listener question exclusively for you. Yeah. It says bonus for Jim, excluding Smitty, who is undoubtedly the correct answer to this question. Mm -hmm. Who is the best looking Section 109 podcast host? Mix. Good answer. Great answer. Great, great yeah. answer. I've um, been practicing that for like, you, since, since I scrolled through and actually, <laughs> actually did. It was whichever dog was going to be closest. Yeah. Uh, Toby is uh, is definitely very cute, but he has disappeared. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the regular season, boys. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take us through chronologically, and we can stop wherever we want to stop, talk about moments, whatever we want to go. First game of the season, we open up at home against Nashville Rhythm, the uh, reigning Final Four. Did they make mm -hmm. the final or just the Final Four? It was like Final season. Four, Elite Eight, something like that. They, they were they, they lost in the semifinal. Semifinal. That's what I that's what I remembered as well. So we go in against them, and I am this is the measuring stick. We've we've started twice uh in a row against them, and I was like, <laughs> man, we are in for it. Let's go. And by the way, I came out of that game pretty excited. Were we the better team? No. Hmm. But we had the better mentality. They crumbled. We didn't. We made it two two. And man, was I feeling good. Turns out that was a bit of a uh a spoiler on Nashville uh, for the for the rest of their season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were the only points they dropped. Yep. Until they also crumbled with a nice lead against Charlotte in the yeah. uh, in the playoffs. Ouch. I mean, sucks to suck. Uh, how were you boys feeling after that game or during that game? I was encouraged about about the performance in that game. Um, 
I I don't I don't think with going into the season I I did not expect that we would be uh, better than Nashville or or anything like that. I figure we, we we would make a make a step forward, and and the question was always going to be where do we uh where 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 do we end up um uh, in in that kind of matchup and being being just below them but like punching the shit out of them is it is exactly where i was hoping we were going to be and game 1 we were there and and that comeback and and and, and the way that the 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 girls played is, and the rain and the yeah, terrible yeah, weather it was it was so good and being under the uh being under the, the the tents. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the tents. Uh, oh, it, it was it was fantastic. It was a great start to the season, uh, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Jim, tell me your feelings after the seven zero home win against FC Birmingham, the second game oh, of the season. I, I felt very bad for those women on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> you felt sympathy. I did. I did feel sympathy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, after after the first game, I was like, I after well, it, we were two nil down, and I was like, not this again. And then we came back. I, I was I was really excited for the rest. And then the seven nil. I mean, I fi- I had thought because was that their, was that their first match or was that their second? No, that they, was their they, second. Had, yeah, they, had they had already gotten, been drilled yeah. by somebody yes. else. So I I kind of figured that was coming, but I just. The only thing I took away from that was the the uh, the difference in. Athleticism between the two teams was just well. You could see it in warmups. I mean, when I watched warmups, I was like, "Oh, this is not going to go well." And them. the difference in our team's athleticism this year versus twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one shout out in that game: goalkeeper Katie Irving for uh, FC Birmingham. Uh, I don't know how w- widely this is known, <laughs> but this is amazing. Uh, we were we were uh finding different smurf things to call her in the second half because we were bored and winning by several goals and we landed on grouchy smurf or grumpy smurf grumpy. or something like yeah. grumpy uh, and and it seemed to stick you know you're down four or five goals like you're going to be a little bit grumpy and uh a, a couple weeks later or something like that uh she tagged cfc on instagram in a story and had made a shirt that like had her had her name on on the back of it or on on the front of it or something, and it had a, a very very unpleasantly looking Smurf, uh, and and below it it said Grumpy Smurf, and <laughs> tagged the club and you know shout out it it was all in good fun it was it, it was great, and um, I think we sent her a scarf. I still need. I think I still need to send her a scarf. I think oh. that was actually my um. Bastard. I know. I think oh, no. I, I just. I just wrote, actually. If you look in the doc, I just wrote myself a note there. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to find out if I pawned that off on somebody else or if I didn't do it. Okay. Uh, but we're, we're, it's still time. There's still time. That was. I, I I didn't see that tag. So when you when you shared that t- today or yesterday, I can't remember. I mean, that's just that's. She's my favorite non CFC player now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And she was and she was a great sport. She had a, a really really good game. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, kept them in it. As good as you could did. have playing. When you're a goalkeeper who loses seven nothing and you're the best player on their team, <laughs> oof. By the way, that's yeah. not the only time that happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, she should show up for CFC tryouts next year. Two <laughs> um, two away draw next game at eight six five Virginia Kentucky Tennessee <laughs> Alliance whatever the hell they are. How are we feeling? How are we? Yeah, I watched this game back. I, I was. So fun fact: the the bachelor party streak 
does not apply to women's. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's p- exclusively a, a, a men's streak uh, for us. Um, How many bachelor parties have you been to this year? Oh, fuck, man. I don't like. Don't act like it was hard. Well, oh, mm-hmm. also, you you just you decided that one of my work trips was a bachelor party too. So like <laughs> work trip bachelor party tomato um, tomato. Yes, yeah, so I, I think it, it was a great point. It, given that we came back from from two goals down, uh, I think in that game it reminded me a lot of the Nashville game because we were not the better time the the, the better side against Knoxville uh, away. But but still, that mentality was really really good. Uh, being able to earn something that you didn't necessarily deserve, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think it, I mean it makes sense for you know if we could steal enough results. This this is this point in the season. You think if you could steal enough results against teams that are better than you, you gotta you gotta finish somewhere decent, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of where where we were, especially going into the next match where we won three uh, zero. I mean, like <laughs> fucking like. Two wins, two draws, and and you know, really, I think we're actually on top of the table at that point in time. Um, yeah, it's it a really, really good place to be. Like you know, we'd gotten tactics and and then mentality, and we were we were on the right track. It was always going to be tough to to overcome Nashville at that point in time, mm-hmm. but we also had an opportunity the next match mm-hmm. uh, to give ourselves a shot at, at a really staking claim to the top of the table. Jim, did you go to that one? Which one? The Knoxville away. No, I did not. So I, I went to not. I went to that one, um, and and I'm not this. I just wanted to make sure in case either of you could chime in on this. I forgot that that both of you weren't there. Um, so I, what I liked is Knoxville actually had a decent setup. Yeah, it looked like it. Um, good stream, which I saw mm-hmm. later. They had um, legitimate like uh, uh, it had like a, it wasn't alcohol, but they had like an actual concession stand set up with legitimate concessions in two different lines. They had a merch tent. They had stands. They had people that seemed to care. They had a pregame, like official pregame spot. They had a beer at that pregame spot named after the team. I'm sure it was a commercial deal of some kind. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't pretend they were. But they had at that place. They had a jersey hung up, and they had like a, some. I think maybe a scarf, and they had uh, schedules on the wall. And we went. We ended up there by by happenstance before the game, and it was a, it was cool. It was a good experience. It was fun. Um, and I think that there's a real chance if they decide to continue doing that, cause they're doing WPSL and NPSL, um, that we will have a little bit of a rivalry potentially there. Um, they had a few, they didn't have any real fans like, uh, supporters, supporters, but they had like a, a reasonable number of people there, including some gentleman who tried to fight TJ and I, um, <laughs> <laughs> so for for no reason, um, he, he said we called his kid an idiot. And um, first of all, that's not worth fighting over. Second of all, no one called your kid an idiot. Where like no one even knows who your kid is. Like anyway, it was a whole thing. Um, but it continues the um, you know women's soccer parents who are, have never seen supporters before being very offended that there are people there playing drums and beating um and and beating drums and, and waving flags but it was a great time and i was just really shocked at how well they did things for w for the app because the wpsl standard is so stupid low yeah and at that game they had i believe they had ball kids as well which i know i went back and listened to y'all's review last year that you did together and then the review that you and i did together and jim and i both had the same like why the fuck aren't there ball kids at all these uh, yeah. games uh, it's so frustrating. so frustrating but that game was actually someone who took it reasonably seriously and i was um I'm grateful for that, and I'm hopeful that at least one other team in the conference, in Nashville doesn't, will take it seri- a little more seriously. I was surprised. You know, FC Alliance is a really, I mean, it's a they're they're a really solid club. I mean, as a youth yes. club. I mean, they they're 
they really and we've had a relationship with them for a while mm-hmm. um and so i i wasn't i wasn't really surprised um i mean i, I i'm still continuing i'm surprised more that nashville doesn't do a thing yeah i at, agree with as good as with as good as the, as the team they've got but yeah, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised that they, they were my measure. They were kind of not knowing anything about them, what they would be like in their first year, or what the other teams in the eastern side of our our division mm-hmm. was. I thought they would be kind of our measuring stick, and so when we when we came out two two, I was you know I was pretty happy. Um, again, I, I I would have preferred us not to go down two nil again, but um, yeah, there's that. But yeah. Yeah, at this point in the season, um, it was still like, we're going to put it together. We're going to put it together on the field. Next game, 3-0 away Atlanta Fire United. That was a fun game. Yeah, I got a chance to watch this game live uh, on the stream. And, uh, you know, it was was an interesting one. Uh, We were were better uh, in, in terms of chance creation but still not like really good yet. We hadn't really like put together an, excuse me enough enough like good moves. Uh, but the cool thing about soccer, uh, and we've seen this happen on, on the men's side quite a bit this year, is you don't necessarily have to string fifteen passes together to create a goal. Like sometimes players just make plays, and uh, <laughs> and Nadia just Nadia. had a fucking play and Samantha and then Mosley. and then Sam Wadsley had a fucking yeah. play uh and then we were able to actually put together uh a nice piece of play mm-hmm. uh on for that third goal uh and, and it, it was like for me that game was ah okay this is this is starting to really come together now uh because you know Birmingham you can kind of throw that one out you, you know you're not really playing against any competition you've come back from two uh, in, in two matches, down two zero to against better teams to, to to scrap to scrap away a draw, but this is the first time that that it you know Atlanta Fire felt like okay we're we're probably better than them, uh, but you know we haven't really put together too much yet, and then we did through some great individual play that helped open up a game. Yeah, and, welcome and, to Bangerville was the t- well, was the title of our uh, <laughs> yeah, and now you, our yeah, review. and this is where you end up at at two wins and two draws, and you're on top of the table right now. And like, I didn't think two draws was going to be enough to get us through as a number one seed, but I was hoping it could sneak us into that top little bit because remember what happened last year. Spoiler alert: it happens this year too. Some teams don't want to go to the playoffs, right. and and things can happen. Um, but then came the one four away loss to Nashville Rhythm. Which was a there was a conflict with the home game, so we were at the we were at the men's game in section one hundred nine watching that game. Somebody had it on a phone and was talking about it, and it, and, and my I that was not a like we weren't it wasn't as bad as a scoreline suggested, yeah, but it was. I mean, they beat us. It it felt and similar. The, it it kind of ended our season at that point. It felt for for making the playoff for for going through as an, as, as with any chance of controlling yeah. our own destiny. Put it that way. Yeah, it it felt similar. Uh, watching the game later to obviously knowing the scoreline, but it, it, it felt similar to the Nashville home game in that like, yep, they're the better team. They're not crazy better, but they're the better team. And then they just like uh, Nashville just made some plays and like there was, you know, you switch off a little bit for one moment and all of a sudden bang, there's a goal. Um, I mean like it, there's Nashville's on top of the conference for a reason, right? 
and uh, that that little bit extra quality that they have, you know, it's it's not. I don't think it's reasonable if you are uh, the second the second favorite team in a game with two teams. Uh, it's not reasonable to think you, you can you can sniff out two draws uh, in in two matches. Like it, at some point, the quality will show up, and uh, and I think that's the difference in 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 you know dropping that one. Is Nashville's quality just showed up, um, and it and it was it was enough. It made the difference. Not having Sam Maudsley mm-hmm. massively massively hurt us. Uh, I mean, she she spoiler alert, she played those first four games didn't play the last four. And I think losing truthfully your our, our only six, our only actual six, uh I think really hurt us. Oh, without a doubt. That injury, um it she really like kind of sewed everything together. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't I don't think I realized how much she sewed everything together until she wasn't there. And it was like, oh no. It's like <laughs> everything yeah. is coming apart at the seams just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jim, the next one was a 1-3 home loss to Knoxville to A65 Alliance. How are you feeling for that one? Annoyed. <laughs> Just yeah. really annoyed. Matt, I, those those were like Knoxville had one they had one they they had one strategy that game if I remember correctly. And it's yeah. just kick it long and send a forward down and score. And I it was just frustrating that you know, we didn't, or we couldn't, or we didn't adjust to it, and it was just annoying. We were not switched on for the first goal off a yeah. long ball. We were not switched on uh, for the second goal, which came off of a throw-in. Uh, and and just like you know, they they it was a well-worked goal from them in that you still have to execute that 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 pass. Uh, but like we 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 basically opened and put down the red carpet, mm-hmm. their ability to get to walk into the box on that one, and then we weren't switched on for the third goal, uh, which was early early in the second half, uh, on another long ball. Yep. And from then on, it became the CFC show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but, you're, you're but asking, it should have been the CFC show before that, right? You're a, you're yeah. asking. I mean, it was you're asking the team a lot because that that group that night should have been in a position to go toe to toe and have a, have a good fight and, and, and see what you can see what you can do on, on, on your home field and to, to give up, to go down two goals just so quickly, you know, you're, you're asking, you're actually asking some mad magic from the, from the team that's already come back from two goals down twice, uh, including once against Knoxville. And, you know, you're, you're just, you're not getting back in that game, no matter how hard you try. Also, I'd have to go back and look, and I don't have it in front of me. But we had a couple other players out with injury. Yeah, I did. Did I don't believe Ingles was in. There. Sam didn't play. A- Ingles was in Ingles the Nashville was a- game. Oh, she was, okay. but she was not in the previous. She wasn't in the in the um, Nashville game. in the Atlanta Fire or the Nashville game. Okay, um, and then in the Nashville, you know, that was the same night as Juan's. Um, yeah, Juan's game. So Summer wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not saying we beat Nashville necessarily if Summer's there, but <clears throat> in a short amateur season we knew this in the mpsl we saw this in the mpsl we've seen it in the wpsl now you can lose players for a game or two pretty easily um sometimes it's a family vacation like something happens and you and you miss out on players or injuries which they like, started piling up here at the end of the season and yeah it, it you really saw us kind of um the dip in form 
other teams kind of like getting it together and then us losing for injuries and, and Sam Mosley being kind of chief among those. Yeah. It's a yeah, real problem. I think I think Sam's injury really changed things for us because we couldn't go forward with the same um, – we couldn't control the tempo and the ball because she was able to control uh, in possession a lot better. And then we just couldn't uh, defend in the same way because she was able to have enough athleticism to get around and do the thing, but also enough defensive – like just defensive ability. Like she just had the balance for all of it. Yeah. And, th- and then when you – And then you were either you playing a pure- Van Doren back there or you stick Nadia back there, you're taking away – an offensive attack, attacking ability because right. you're you're sending it further away from the field or from the goal, and yeah, I mean it, it's just tough. And we lost another. We lost. A, I think this is a question that we might ask. We might sure. answer later. But we lost another midfielder who, in the first game, really looked good, and then she went home. Yeah. So. Yeah, that and that would have, could have made a big difference in yeah. the in the season. Yeah, let's we'll get to that in the listener questions. Um, but you're, it shows like the the kind of lack of depth by the end of the season that we had mm-hmm. in the midfield. Um, so much though that KD started starting in the mid in the midfield. Uh, yeah, I'd have to go back and look, look at my lineup notes. Uh, but I, I do remember in the Knoxville game, uh, she was shifted into uh, into midfield to provide a little bit more athleticism, which it was was one of the things that allowed us to help. Uh, not let not let Knoxville get out, so we were able to keep them under wave after wave of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and obviously it wasn't enough in that game, but it was a sign of something to come because we did, I believe, run her out there in the uh, in the the away match uh, at Charlotte. So the real backbreaker of the season, the one that was the one for me that was actually demoralizing, like the Nashville game was like a bummer, but like not super unexpected. The for me the the Knoxville game was like damn it, <laughs> but it just felt like well at least we can go like if we go out to Charlotte and we you know we kind of do our thing, it will f- I'll feel better about this. And then we went out there and got our asses kicked. I was really nervous about that Charlotte game because I knew they were good. Yeah, uh, they were good. It turned out they I mean like they had I think they had drawn with Charlotte Eagles at one point. But they just they had just put someone to the sword right yeah. before they be, I can't remember. Like someone like not terrible. I think it was it may have been Knoxville. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um they were they were always gonna be like I, I, I was always worried that they were gonna be more like a Charlotte Eagles Nashville yep. level. They drew Nashville one one, I think. Is that the week before? So. No, Nash we, we were the I, only ones that took oh, points. Oh, so Nashville. Knoxville then they drew Knoxville. I thought was anyway yeah, might not whatever. have been the week before, but yeah. and, and I think I think they might have drawn Charlotte Eagles at well at one point. But the point remains, like I, I was worried that they were going to be more in in the the mm-hmm. the Knoxville and up tier than in they obviously were going to be better than than you know a Birmingham or a Soda City, but you know not even like the Atlanta Fire. And it turns out uh, they were they were good. They were athletic. We were very depleted. We did not travel. We only traveled like maybe what four subs or something like that. We, yeah. we were very banged up at this point in time, and it, it and it was a long trip, right? And it was a long trip, so, so players might not have been available because of like work or other commitments. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, we. This yeah, is the thing that this yeah. is the thing that happens in amateur soccer. Like if you leave on a Friday morning, which by the way I don't know what time they left on Friday, but they did go up a day early, like they did it properly. But right. if if as an example, and I don't remember who, but let's say um, Sage is working at a law firm and she has to work on Friday. I don't remember if she was available or not, but as an example, yeah. if Summer had been working a nursing job, mm-hmm. which she is a nurse, on that Friday and couldn't leave early, like you would lose that player. So yeah, it was it was rough. Also, they were just good, and we were we weren't 
playing our best soccer at that point. Is yeah. that is that our first overnight for yes. the women's team? Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, that was also the first game without Avery Catlett. And it, that it, really showed. And it showed. That really showed. I don't want to like dwell on that one, but that was a rough one. Um, so then we come home, <clears throat> and we needed... And this is a spoiler that doesn't work out, but we needed to we needed to win by seven. We needed to win seven nothing or eight one or whatever in order to have a chance to move over Knoxville in the standings. Right. With results went our way. Matthew was very excited about this. And we had we had Katie and Nadia, I don't know if we've talked about this, on the podcast, and we talked to them about this. And they were like, Don't tell anybody. And we're like, What do you mean? They're like, Don't tell anybody. And we're like, kind of like, why? And they're like, we don't want anybody to know. We don't want the mentality to change. Like, we want everybody to be like, you know, locked in and focused. So the, apparently, the only people who knew, or at least that we know knew, was and not, not that we were the only ones that knew, um, because other people knew too. Because Coach uh, Coach Juan knew, Coach Juan definitely Randy knew. Randy knew, mm-hmm. Nadia knew, and Katie knew. And I don't <laughs> think anybody, and maybe like one or two other players knew, but they didn't tell each other. So like the, at the end of the, you can see first of all every goal we scored. So we start that game actually. Let's go back to Matthew's superstition. We start that game, and um, <laughs> at a certain point Matthew is freaking out because we're winning one nothing. I think at halftime. I think it's one nothing at halftime. It's one yeah. nothing at halftime. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we are we are dominating, but we're not like scoring. Mm-hmm. And Matthew is fully apoplectic. It was it was an early free kick too. He and is, that was it. He is so upset, so upset. And so we're in because like Soda City was fucking shit. Terrible. Yeah. Like. Their 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 goal difference was like minus forty or something. Mm-hmm. Like but season. my thought was, if we went four nothing, who cares? We won, right? I wanted to win seven nothing, but I wasn't fretting. But he was freaking out. So he comes up to the top of the section and he ends up staying there with a beverage. And then we we proceed to score three goals in quick succession. And then early he's not, in the second half, early in the second, and then he can't move because he's moved and he hasn't he hasn't ever watched a game up there with me. Like in the middle of the section, it's always down front <laughs> or in the, either in the middle or on the side or sometimes up up a little bit in the middle, but it's never back with me. So he watches and then we go on to score six more. And if you notice, Nadia gets the ball on almost every single one out of the net and runs it back to the middle mm-hmm. because she knows. No one else knows, but she knows. Mm-hmm. And from then, and then the the uh, after that doubleheader as well, we the men won two nothing or three nothing in the next game. Whoever we played, LA Force three three nothing. And so Matthew has now has to watch every game with me up there because he's <laughs> he's he, he ruined it for himself. I want to point out we don't get that seventh goal until like the eighty eighth minute or something something crazy. And like you see, like we're up, we're up. You, you can if you go back and watch the stream, we're up six nil. It's eighty six, eighty seventh, eighty eighth. I don't know, maybe close to stoppage time. It's late, and ball goes out for a corner kick because we're still pushing, doing whatever. And like Nadia's playing basically like the six for us in this game, just distributing, doing all the things, whatever. And you see her haul fucking ass to get the ball and go to the corner flag i mean she is sprinting when we're up six nothing <laughs> because she I, I i think they did they did finally say they told somebody said something like after the sixth goal they said hey we need one more to like give ourselves a chance um <laughs> but like they waited until that moment to do it and they got it done and 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 turns out by the way the ball where she's the the corner where she is sprinting is the one they score is the one that she sends right uh, to not uh, to Avery Angles to to put away. Mm. Yeah, that was good vibes. Um, seven nothing was good. I felt like a good way to end the season. It, I mean, like it sucked that we weren't going to get, and we'll talk about kind of like obviously where we arrived and whatever else. But at least we finished on a strong win. We we did so one game, nothing really to play for except there was something to play for, and it gets an opponent that like that that goal was achievable, and it was difficult. Uh, we made it a little difficult on ourselves at time, <laughs> but at the end of the day, 
the players had a, a something to play for and they mm-hmm. went out and they did everything they possibly could. They got seven goals, didn't give up anything, gave themselves a chance to move up at one spot in the table. And that's all you can ask for. In, in, in that particular game, that's all you can ask for. So our record on the season, three wins, three draws. I'm sorry, three wins, three losses, two draws, 11 points, sixth place in the table. Last year, we were 1-1-6, one, one, and six, mm-hmm. just as, as a um, thing. And the table was Nashville Rhythm on top with 22 points. Charlotte Eagles in second place. That is your WPSL champions, Charlotte Eagles, with 17 points in second place. Georgia Impact, uh, who we never played in third place, with also a 17, but I guess uh, Charlotte must have gone up over them on goal difference. Uh, Women's Football Club of Charlotte with 14 points in fourth place. Uh, the 865 uh, KVT Alliance uh, mm. in fifth place with 12 points, and we had 11 points uh, because they ended up drawing and not losing. Um, and then Atlanta Fire were after us with six, Birmingham with zero, and Soda City with zero. Um, an, in, an interesting dynamic to this is... Birmingham played eight and Soda City played seven? Well, that's because Soda City and Atlanta Fire had a, a game that was canceled for... or postponed canceled whatever for for storms and they just never bothered to make it up because there was no real reason to yeah um but what, what i was going to say about the standings is obviously a team like charlotte eagles we did not play a team like georgia impact we did not play and part of the i think part of, of, of the, like there are nine teams in this conference everyone plays you know you, you play eight games but like we played nashville twice we played uh, knoxville twice and some teams avoided some of those better teams. Like Georgia yeah. Impact is a great example here. I think they actually drew against like Charlotte Eagles or something like that. But they also got like Birmingham twice or Soda City twice or something like that. And did like not that. get Nashville. And did not get Nashville. And so like it's, it's incredibly unbalanced. And part of the reason for that is uh, the, the Carolinas Conference of the WPSL was raided by uh, USLW League. Bastards. And so like <laughs> the Southeast and the Carolinas were just put together yep. in a kind of a temporary solution for, for this year. Uh, I think, and, and I hope that they, they work on cre- correcting that. And I don't exactly know how, but so that like our conference is going to become a little bit more standard, like keep Nashville, keep Knoxville, you keep the Georgia teams, you keep Birmingham with us. Like that's a reasonable I think That's six teams. And, and hopefully if we get lucky, um, which is one of the things I've, I've talked about before, it, even if we can go to, you know, five opponents, play everybody home and away, 10 games, that would be, that would be acceptable. That would be good. Yeah. Um, we, I, we just need more games. Yeah. And, and I think that's the reasonable way of doing it. Well, what do we play eight? We play eight. We, we, yeah, we played eight the last, each of the last two years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to see more conference games. I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, it, it's in, you know dependent on some recruitment in in North and South Carolina for for the WPSL, but hopefully that's that's where we can get to. Um, in addition to, I and mean, there's a I think there's a listener question. Or there's something I care about in there uh, about. Yeah, I'd love to see a, a preseason friendly, mm-hmm. or at least a friendly or something to 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 get an extra game. Uh, four home games is just not. It's just not enough. It, it's the season happens so quickly, and sometimes scheduling quirks with with some of these teams that can only play at certain times, and you know they have to have their you know their their heads scratched and their, their bellies rubbed and all these all this shit. It, you know, 
with some scheduling quirks, like you can play half your or, or three quarters of your home schedule in a week. And, mm. and it was obviously worse last year than it was this year, but you know, more games gives, gives people more chances to, to, to see the team. It gets more chances for people to fall in love with the team. And I think that's really important. I agree. Let's go through some stats. Goals. Summer Hernandez with seven. Chris on St. Louis with six. Kaylee Burrell with two. Avery Ingles with two. And Nadia Ivanchenko with two. And then Sam, Sage, and Ava all had one. And then you have Katie here listed with none, but she definitely had one. Oh, yeah. Good call. She definitely had one. You have her listed or you just didn't put the number. Oh. Um, how dare you? Uh, assists. <laughs> Summer Hernandez had three. Bailey Dull also had three. Katie, Nadia, and Avery Ingles each had two. Addie, Sage, Brianna Hurtado, and Kaylee all had one. I want to point out that CFC Academy player, Addie Chapman. You're damn right it is. Uh, hockey assists, Katie had two, which you can kind of see where a lot of the danger came from, as you start, which is your favorite thing, why hockey assists are a favorite of yours. And Nadia had one, and Lupe had one. So it's really interesting. Uh, I, I think it shows to like how many goals this team scored on set pieces, which mm. speaks a little bit to mentality, speaks a little bit to coaching, speaks a little bit to preparation. Because uh, there, I mean, there were a bunch of set piece goals, uh, and and just not as many goals from the run of play. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we, uh, I will also point out, we scored. Granted, we played some worse teams. If you remember last season, we scored I think eight goals total. Am I remembering that correctly? Something like that. I mean, it's it's something. It's not. So it's not many. Let's. Yeah. We scored less than ten last year. We scored a lot more than ten. And I know you can chalk it up to make, or you can maybe chalk it up to be like, oh, we played a couple bad teams. That's also true, but we were much improved on we the scored, offensive we output scored end. Three goals against Nashville this year compared to one last year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's just start there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's start with some offensive players of the season. I'll go first. Okay. Crisson St. Louis. She she just went on and scored a goal every game, basically. Um, mm-hmm. She had six goals. I don't think she had two goals in a single game. I don't believe. If she did, it was only one game. But I think she just scored one in essentially almost every game. We played eight. She scored six. Um, There's a couple she didn't play, I don't, I don't think. So she may have scored one in every game she played. Uh, I should have gone and looked at that. But she was my offensive player of the year, uh, player of the season, rather. And uh, Se- she Seven games, six goals. Seven games, six goals. I was really, really happy with... Um, not only how she played, but the the way she was different from her other forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a different style. She had a different way of playing. She was like a foil for whoever she was playing with. She played differently. It wasn't like like for like, which was good. It made us much more dangerous, made it much more creative. And yeah, I was really, really, really liked her. She was my offensive player of the year. Uh, Jim. Well, I, I think um, I, I thought about her and, but I, you know, with goals and assists and leading the line with, Energy and pressing, and I just couldn't choose anybody but Summer. Um, you know, it's it was. I went in thinking, oh, of course, I'm they're going to pick Summer. But then I went looked at the stats, and I just remembered what the what she gave to the team. And I, I mean, I think she's the offensive player of the year. Seven goals, three assists. That's ten goal contributions. It's Summer. Cool, defensive player of the season. Jim, you have Avery Engel. I have Avery Engel. He and I both have Avery Catlett, so we're all on the same Avery page, but it's different <laughs> Averys. Um, same page, at least, for the yeah, first name. I, and so this is 1A, 1B for me. Um, I, 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 I give her the nod. I just felt she was um, 
I mean, I think she was she was a presence, but she also, I just I just had this also I just had this mental image of her also um, picking the ball up in the in, as, as a center back and being like, "There's nobody in front of me. I'm gonna dribble. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna freaking go." And I, you know, she scored what scored a couple, yeah, and, and, two and goals, the, two assists, two assists. I know that looking at offensive stats when you're choosing a defensive player of the year is very Arsenal, is very, <laughs> yeah, probably a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Uh, I just, I felt, I felt, I, you know, I remember the team looking different when she wasn't there, and the fact that you both picked Catlett and you reminded me that Catlett was missing. Is making me worry that I'm remembering the different, the wrong Avery, but I remember, I remember us just being different when she wasn't in the lineup, and I, I, I just felt she was a real presence, and um, there, were, I mean, there was certainly a physical presence. She was our, she was our tallest player. Yeah, uh, she brought the thing that we were missing last year: being left footed, Be, being left, <laughs> being left footed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also she brought just athleticism. Like, she brought size. Or there's a reason why. There's a reason like, why our set pieces were were better this year. Oh yeah, and defending far better defending on oh, set pieces. Yeah, and it yeah. in large part was her. Yeah. yeah. So I get I, you know I I'd have no problem with picking Avery Catlett. I think if if we had the, if if the two of them had been together for the entire season. And they had played. I think we, you know, we would have been we would have been a better team. Absolutely. And one thing that yeah, we forgot to mention towards the end of that season when we were going through the the review is that Avery left um, before the end of the season to go back to college, yeah. and Avery Catlett did. And between Avery Ingles having uh, some, uh, being a little bit unavailable, Sam Modsley having the injury, and then Avery yeah. Catlett leaving for uh, school, our defense was very different towards the end of the season. And I actually had put in when I when I typed it into the wrong show notes. Um, <laughs> That I would give a shout out to to Mosley, uh, and I know that's strange because she only played half. The, but her it, her absence reveals to me how important she was. So it's hard to give somebody a player of the season when they when they didn't play half the season. But we were so different without her. It made me it made me consider her as as a defensive player. I think that's completely fair. And in I fact, like, I'll just go ahead and, and deliver her as an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's completely worthy. Uh, I went with Catlett just because um, her she didn't show up in the stat line, but what she brought was just a rock to the defense. And and frankly, she was she was also that uh, her along with Anna last year were were, were you know without them we would have been in oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely in the tall grass. But I will also point out that a- the Avery Catlett of last year, who was a solid player, and the Avery Catlett of this year, who might have been the best center back on the team, yeah, she, grew, she her last year at UTC, I think it was her senior season last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, she made a big step forward in my Correct. opinion. And Absol- uh, absolutely, uh, I she was a different. Se- she was a different player this this summer when she came back. I came into the season going like, "Hey, I'm happy she's back," but thinking like she might be a starter, she might just be like a rotation player, and she was like arguably the first name on the team sheet. Well, and I, yeah. I, again, I wish we had other stats. I mean, I, because my recollection of the season is I don't remember Ingles losing an aerial duel. I mean, I, I and I don't remember her. I remember her putting in really important 
defensive headers on on set pieces and crosses. So I wish we had more stats because that was that's what I remember. But I'm getting up in age, so <laughs> so I could be misremembering. I think it's also good when we have a couple different players to to go back and forth on. So I I totally I love the Avery Ingles shout. I don't think it's a bad a bad one at all. Um, I had Catlett for the same reason that Matthew did, but that's also because we share the same soccer brain, which is it's, it's, <laughs> uh, true. it's bad for doing a podcast. Um, so. <clears throat> I have a <clears throat> we have a question here for best things that CFC got right during 2023, and I actually think I want to skip it because I think we're going to talk about some things we felt like went well and, and maybe didn't go well. Um, sure, but yeah, I will I will say they can I'll, I'll just say one thing they continued this for me the same thing they had last year, which was the game day feel when at the stadium. Um, not necessarily with some food and beverage because there was some food and beverage was improved, but it was not like there was a couple whatevers and the double headers were not a great choice whatever, and a few other things. Mm-hmm. But overall, the women's games felt like the men's games did. The production value, the advertising boards, the stuff on the scoreboard, like everything felt the level at which I would want it to do. They did that last year yeah. and they, they re- still did it this year. And, and that I want to give like just big props for because it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it is what we should do. I'm not I'm not trying to give kudos for something like, oh, we went above and beyond. No, no, we did exactly what we should do. But unfortunately, in this league and in women's soccer in general, that is not the norm. Um, okay, best moments and highlights. Um, opening match home draw with Nashville. Yeah, have to have to put it in there. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be up there. What I up? like your second. I like the one that's, uh, I like the, the, Nadia. Nadia, just Nadia. I don't, I don't really, I can't, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. That was that that goal against uh, especially the goal against Atlanta yeah. was the goal, but and Sam in that game too. But yeah, Nadia was fun, and once we once we lost, um, Shiho should not be named. Um, we we needed a, a creative player in the midfield, and it all then fell on not all, but it largely fell on on Nadia's shoulders. Yeah, I just the, you know, if, we, if we if we know we did an offensive player and a defensive player, if we had like a. Mm-hmm. An outstanding revela- the revelation. A, a, a midfield player. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, um, I just enjoyed watching her play. Me too. The entire season. Yeah, me too. I mean, she looks like what she is like a she is what a woman's midfielder looks like, and she played that way. I enjoy. I just, yeah. I really enjoyed watching. She her looks play. like a player that can go pro. Yeah, I, I cannot say enough enough good things about Nadia uh, as a player, as a person. Uh, I mean, like, also, like, she's here in the United States getting her college education, mm-hmm. playing in the summer, doing it when there's a war on, on mm-hmm. in her country. Um, and, and just, like, the, the ability to balance all of those things um, is, is really remarkable. Uh, and and she's a she's a special player and a special person. And I hope we'll see her next summer. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give her, like, I'll give her my soccer heart. Yeah. yeah. There mean, we go. Soccer she, soccer blue heart. Yes. She is yeah, she's everything. Hell yeah. All right, let's she talk She is a, her as they say, she, as, the, as the kids say. There we go. I love that. Uh, <laughs> one of us spends time on Twitter. Uh, this so there's some things that I we mentioned we took some notes out from last year that we mentioned needed improvement. Let's talk about if they happened cuz I actually think when going through this list and then re-listening to our podcast from last year and prep for this one, I think we actually did make some real improvements um, off the field mostly but okay so something that i know jim and i think both mentioned uh, in different reviews last season with the stream needed some real improvement need improvement oh, yes. on the men's side but especially on the women's side last year mm-hmm. how did you feel about the women's stream this year you asking me yeah i mean i i thought of, you know i didn't really i didn't watch our stream that much because i was there but um 
what I what I when I went back and reviewed what I did see, I, it was it was a vast improvement over last year. Could not agree more. I can't say enough good things about having a regular voice of CMC. Bingo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bingo. Yeah. Shout out Gabe. It is it is so good to have a have a regular voice. Someone that also not only the, so the regular voice is a piece of it. We've had a regular voice before, but we haven't had a professional that Correct. did it every game. And that's no slight to Simon or anybody else who's no, did it. Like they were great. In in but now as a professional club, having somebody that that this is their profession, right? He is a professional sports announcer, and you feel that, and you see that, and you hear that, and I love it. And yeah, his his preparation for the game, like the consistent voice, the consistent quality of presentation, mm-hmm. I loved it. And that was just the one piece of the stream. I do think we made real progress overall on the stream. It's not perfect, but overall for both teams, and then I think the women's team mostly caught up to the men's team on the stream quality. It's kind of my thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I agree with that. Sure. And that was something that just needed to happen. And so shout out to to Darrell and, and everybody in the front office has been working on that. Uh, coaching staff. Um, so <clears throat> literally word for word, I'll read what I wrote last year. Love Jazz, but need purely an assistant coach and not just a player assistant. If she takes a housing spot, that's cool with me. Um, this is referring to Jazz or, or referring to an assistant coach. But either way, you need somebody that isn't a player as an assistant coach. Um, and I also said, and this wasn't just me, this was our notes. We needed a regular goalkeeping coach that's not Jordan. For the love of God, he's got enough to do. Um, and he was there two days a week last year. And so we had two things that we had, two premonitions uh, that we had suggested last year. We said, we need a goalkeeper coach and we need an assistant coach. Matthew and I kind of went back and forth. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. On whether we needed an assistant and a goalkeeping coach. I, I was of the opinion that I was okay with one step forward, meaning a full-time assistant that could also do some goalkeeping duties. Um, in, in And I pitched Tommy Salsa for that role. Um, or a Juan Hernandez and then go get another goalkeeping coach as well. Also, side note, Juan Hernandez actually has some goalkeeping coaching experience, so he could have done both. But what we did in the end is we went out and got a full-time assistant in Juan Hernandez. Maybe not full-time, maybe the wrong word, because he's mm-hmm. also working six other jobs. Yeah. But we had a an assistant from season beginning to season end mm-hmm. to help Randy to make it so it didn't all fall on Randy's shoulders. And I think you really saw that. You felt that this year. But also, towards the middle of the season, guess who showed up as goalkeeping coach? Tommy Salsa. And I, I want to shout out the the front office, Davis, whoever, um, Randy, whoever helped make those decisions and mm-hmm. get that done. I think that was a... You learn. You have to learn from your mistakes. You have to learn from the, the things that you can do better. And I think that was a clear chance to make an upgrade. And it was not free, right? People don't work for free. I don't know what Juan and, and Tommy got paid, but like, if they were working for free, it certainly won't be free forever. And whatever commitments they had to make to those guys to get uh, our our team more support was not only worth it, but it was the right thing to do. And I'm really happy they did that. Absolutely. Did you guys have any um, coaching um, things to add? No, no. Uh, I mean, we we talked about this a couple off seasons ago, how the men's first team needed an actual full time assistant uh, to to help with the head coach. And and credit to them, that's that's something they went out and did. Uh, and then we talked about it again in the offseason uh, for the women's team. Like, you need a, an actual assistant coach uh, that's not a player to, to mm-hmm. do these things. And a goalkeeping coach, like, as an addition, would be great. And and shout out and credit. Yeah. You know? And, and, and yeah, it, it took a little bit of time. I think there's a reason why it took a little bit of time to bring Tommy on. Uh, but hopefully that's something that, that continues... Uh, in in the coming seasons. And if you remember when we were in the MPSL, we sometimes had a goalkeeper coach. Usually, by the end of it, we had Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sometimes had an assistant coach and sometimes didn't. And sometimes we had two assistants. Um, but we always had some support for Bill. 
Mm-hmm. And I think they rectified that and they got some support for Randy. And I'm just really happy to see that. Housing spots. Last season we had 10. And Matthew and I both thought that wasn't enough. And I think you guys actually talked about it on your podcast as well that you guys did together. I, this year, I th- we think it was 14, right? I forget it, honestly, if it was 12 or 14. Well, so what we had said, it was that we thought we should, see, we wanted to see 14. We wanted to see a reasonable number of... I think, I think it was 12. Minute up being 12. Minute 12, okay. So basically we said that we wanted to see um, a the the local player be the fill-in or starter, but the, the round out the numbers, but you wanted to see enough housing spots that you could go get players like Nadia. Um, in, like, like Katie. Like Katie. Like, and I was going to say, like, uh, you can take a shot on somebody like Grace Barker Roberts who's coming in hurt and unfortunately didn't play a ton of minutes. But if you only have six housing spots or eight housing spots, last season we had 10 as an example, but if you only have six or eight, and that's one thing the first iteration of CFC women did not have was many housing spots, you can never take any chances on right. players that yeah. are – and if you can't take any chances, you don't have the same upside play. So I'm yeah. really happy to see whatever it was, the commitment was was substantial and significant, and every one of those spots cost money, and I'm really glad we made those. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I still – assuming I'm, I'm correcting that it was 12 this year, you know, I'd love to see 14. Um, I'd love, I'd love to continue to, to take that next step. Um, the, the market is, I mean, if you think back to the men's and PSL times, I, I think we had at 20 or times so. like 20, even 24 guys in housing. Uh, the market dynamic is a little bit different, uh, because there just weren't as many competitive for our league, local domestic, you know, just like local players. Um, Whereas on the on the women's side, and and spoiler alert, I'll, I'll, I will talk about like, and we need to take another step forward when it comes to the on field product. But there are more local players or more local women's players, and so okay, you don't need necessarily just to spend money to spend money. Uh, but I I do think adding a couple more uh, housing spots next year uh, is still the still the right thing to do. Uh, we need depth. Uh, you could see it with with certain players getting injured, maybe being unavailable, uh, having life, you know, get in the way of, get in the way of amateur soccer, uh, which is no shot at them at all. Like this is, these are things that happen. You know, we need to be able to, um, we, we need to be able to, uh, be able to slot, slot players straight in and, 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 and high, high quality ones. So more housing spots is better. The, we had a, a the roster thing listed here from last season, and we said another season of one one and six is not acceptable. This season went two three two and three. Is it, is it an improvement? Sure. Um, we said the team must be better. We need more housing spots, better recruitment, and we need to leverage partnerships with FC Alliance and Wolfsburg. So it turns out we got a player from FC from the FC Alliance Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- granted, it's Brady Livingston. Uh, granted, she's been really actually training with the CFC Academy. Uh, just like choosing CFC over FC Alliance for her regular, uh, regular academy stuff. Um, I gets a little bit harder to leverage your partnership with FC Alliance when they have a team. When they have, exactly <laughs> when they have eight six like, eight six five Alliance. Uh, and oh, and, and you know, and you know what? Like, God bless them. Like, oh, okay, like no big deal. Um, uh, that's just going to be one of them things. Um, but if, even if you take them aside, uh, I would like, I would still like to see us find a way to take a step with, with, with Wolfsburg. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I would like to think that, um, that they've got their eyes on a promising, um, a promising rising senior in, in college and, and, you know, with, with designs on signing them after their, their college eligibility has expired. And that summer before they, they want them to come to play in Chattanooga and get a taste of what it's going to be like, um, you know, potentially to, to, to play in Germany. And I don't, I, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but that's <laughs> my hope. Uh, that's my goal. I want to see more. And whether it's with Wolfsburg or really, frankly, anyone, I don't give a damn. Like I want to see more players like Katie Johnson mm-hmm. who are, are, you know, play in college here and then, you know, maybe play a summer in the WPSL and sign a contract and turn pro. Uh, and she's off to, to Lille in France. Mm-hmm. So let, yeah, let's talk about her for a second. On our podcast, she let slip that she was going somewhere, but then didn't she wouldn't say where. Yeah. That's pretty... Uh, Lille. Division <laughs> one France. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty good. It is. It's pretty good. It is. Um, and with the, with the announcement... Uh, uh, the new the new video game formerly known as FIFA EA Sports FC, <laughs> uh, they will now have five women's leagues, mm-hmm. in uh, and like I don't know how exactly they're going to be available or or whatever, but like there will be five women's leagues in the game, uh, first divisions in in England, and in Germany and in Spain, uh, NWSL, and then in France. So are you saying that Katie's about to be in FIFA? Katie Johnson is about to be in FIFA. <laughs> Let's go. Well, the new name for it, of course. Uh, and yeah. by the way, she's not the only former CFC player. Shout out Cosette Morche. Cosette Morche, who's now at Montpellier. Oh, she is. I didn't know she that. moved to Montpellier from uh, from Valencia. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah and that's yeah. newly promoted Lille. So like they they were like they were a um, a, a really good league two team. Yes, last year. So we'll see what they're going to do in, in Liga. Very, very exciting. And I would like to see, as Matthew said, more of those players, more players that come here and then make that jump to pro. And I think that path as well, being able to point to what Katie did and say, look, look what she did here. Look at look at the opportunity that she then got after that. I think that is a proof of concept for some players. And, and while I want to see this happen, snap my fingers overnight, I recognize that's not all, all, always reality because players need to take their experiences back uh, to their college teams and to their friends and, and coaches that are, that are very influential in how this is done need to also hear about it from their own players and hear about it mm-hmm. from just other players in the conference. When the, when the coaches are all getting together in, in preseason meetings and, you know, setting the schedule and stuff like that, you know, it, it sometimes takes time for, for really the word to get out of, Oh, this is a place uh, this is a place you send players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I think it's worth noting, like, you know, the, the USL world uh, is going to sell the W League as being overall a better place for, for competitive games than WPSL. And I think that's fair. I don't, I don't think there's any criticism with that. But as we've seen with Charlotte Eagles and Nashville Rhythm, like there, there is some serious quality at the top end of the WPSL. And it turns out, you know, even mid-table teams in the conference, like us. And I think, you know, being being a destination, being a place where players are going to be well-coached, well-treated, and, and have the opportunity and the platform to be able to springboard to something else is incredibly important. And hopefully, two years now of experiences uh, will, will do some really serious, solid recruiting for us. 
heading into the 2024 season. Hell yeah. Something we also pointed out, um, this Matthew, I think this was one of your things. Uh, at minimum for 2023, you wanted to see an intra-squad scrimmage before any league games. Um, ideally a preseason match with another squad in our area. You said at Asheville City. And then further into the future, a weekend recruiting tool, similar to how we had in 2017 and 2018 in the NPSL. Maybe you play Racing Louisville. Maybe you play another pro team. Maybe you play a big amateur team, but if they have a, if they have the ability to play earlier on in the year. But you have that weekend, kind of like we played Atlanta United and we played Dallas and whatever else. Um, yeah, talk to me about your your expectations for, for last year and, and where they met. So we, we did have a preseason inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, unfortunately, it was not open to the public. Uh, there was a friendly match played during like the regular practice time, also not open to the public. And I do know that they were working on trying to find uh, that kind of weekend recruiting preseason game uh, with with somebody, uh, and it just it just didn't work out, uh, which sometimes happens. Um, so I, I guess. You know, it's good. It's good that the players had extra opportunities to to play a game, even if there weren't fans there. Uh, that's that's still good. I hope in the future that we can find a way to. And I realize it's difficult because the WPSL season, like the NPSL season, starts really quick. We did not have our full complement of roster yeah. available for even that first game. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to have the weekend before, for example a inner squad scrimmage that you invite, you know, fans out to, and, and you do all those things because you may not have enough for two freaking teams. <laughs> uh, I get that. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, I don't want to take anything away from that, but I do think it's, if we can, if it's possible to not play that first weekend to be able to do an inner squad scrimmage game, that'd be really awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think I, it'd be cool. If, sorry to cut you off. I'd be cool to do a U18 Academy team. Um, you know, scrimmage with with the team, or um, you know, local, um, you know, or like a, a like high the, school, like the Dalton All Stars used to yes. do. Yeah, like a like a high school All Star. I mean, we've got some really good women's teams in the area as well, uh, high school teams that I think would be really cool. Plus, you know, we might discover somebody in that for that that wants to come sure. up and and play a summer. So, yeah, I I I want I just want to see something uh, that that continues to, to help set us apart. Yep. And, 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 and maybe one day in the future, obviously I, I think you look at the, this year's team and no, like this team, you, this year's team's not ready to host racing Louisville <laughs> in a, in, in a friendly, right? Uh, we've got a, a, a little bit of a ways to go to get there, but yeah. like something that's interesting, something that is exciting. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get to that to that point and, and hopefully we can take a step towards it next year. Let's let's move into what improvements we want to see for 2024. Uh, we've got a few miscellaneous topics. Uh, we've got listener questions and then we've got our grades for the, our overall grades for the season um, off the field and on the field. Give a number out of 10 or a, as Jim likes to do, give a letter grade. Letter grade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So best things the CFC got right. You know, we've mentioned a few things. I'll mention something kind of in the vein of like, what do we want to see for next year? I want to see continue the social media and graphics. They did a photo shoot at the beginning of the season with players, with jerseys, with the men's and women's teams. And the graphics were uh, for the double headers had a, a men's player and a women's player. The 
graphics for the women's games had women's players in jerseys, well done graphics. Like, I loved that. I, that mm-hmm. felt very professional. It felt very equal across the teams. And what do, what do we always like get annoyed at when it feels like the effort isn't equal? And on that front, it, the presentation felt very equal to me. Um, and I was very, very happy about that. Um, so social media and graphics was good. Um, things I, so I want to see more of that next year. Um, I'll, I'll say, the, I think the obvious thing, I want to join the Nashville and Charlotte um, Eagles level of competitiveness. Cosign. Like oh, you, so, you, so you, you want to win, you want to be in the semi semifinal or final nationally. Yes. Well, at least you, you know, you're not, you're I, not I want to much. be, I want to be, the at, premier destination. <laughs> I, I, I want to be the premier destination for women's sure. soccer in, in the United States. Women's amateur soccer in the United States of America. No, just women's But soccer. I also want to be... Bingo. I mean, let's get an MWSL team. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I also want to... Uh, I, I just want to be like at the top of our... Like, compete, competitive at the top of our conference. And I if that agree. means we have to go through fucking Nashville Rhythm, who's one mm-hmm. of the best teams in the country, like, okay. Like, that's the standard, though. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, so like I th- that's that's the, and by the way, that's where we were as a men's amateur team. Yeah, we we went to four fucking finals. I don't want to. Let's about not that. talk about <laughs> us in those finals. But we went to like, I mean, like we were we were one of those teams. We yes. were always there. So and th- and that's where we need to and it that, that that's where we need to go. I think I'm really glad we didn't do this review a week after the season ended on our end <laughs> because I think my review and we'll get to our season grades at the end and whatever else, but my review would have been far more negative hmm. on the field. And, and it's not like it's a, the most positive number spoiler alert on the field, but after seeing Charlotte Eagles go all the way and win it all after seeing Nashville be one of the best teams in the, in the uh, league mm-hmm. two years in a row, mm-hmm. it, it gives a little, I think more perspective in the level that we have to reach. Do I think we need to get there? And I think we need to be in that, maybe at least competitive with them next year. Yes, I do. But maybe my my goal of this year, of last year being that, and then this year, like we have to be that, wasn't fair. Because I think um, this year on the field, we essentially had the year that we would have hoped for, or I would have hoped for last year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And last year just got, because of the truncated nature of the preseason, um, with where Randy put together the team in four and a half minutes was your quote from last year. <laughs> um, it's ju- it just that's how it worked, and not to relitigate that, but that's how what happened. And so this was the first real full off season, and I wanted this year my my own personal like goal like, desires and goals for this team was that this was the season that we broke out, and we kind of did, but we also kind of didn't. But it, now looking at that, we had two of the best teams in the in the country, in our conference, it gives mm-hmm. a little perspective to be like, okay, well, if you take, there's a, there was a reasonable chance that those two teams were not in our conference, it, geographically, if we weren't there, and then suddenly, we're just in the top little few of our conference. We weren't as good as, but we were competitive with kind of everybody for most of the season. It's like, well, well then we're close. We're way off of Nashville right now. We're way off of Charlotte. If if you... But, I, but I'm willing to give a little more time to get there than you, I was Six weeks ago. If you think about it, you or whatever got, time it was, you've got Nashville, you've got Charlotte, you've got uh, Women's Football Club of Charlotte, who is is one step below. Mm-hmm. You've got Knoxville, one step below Nashville. You've got this Georgia, Georgia Impact, Georgia, whatever. They're who called. might be good, might not be. Who knows? Like, like who on? I mean, like they're they're decent. They're at least in the. I, I would say they're at least in the in the Knoxville and and uh, and Women's Football Club of Charlotte sphere 
or maybe even that that sort of sometimes includes our sphere the schedule is just really quirky uh for them and it's so like you know if they played our schedule how would they have fared mm-hmm. i would i think they would have been knocked down uh because most teams got birmingham um you know uh, birmingham soda city level games twice they got it like what three times i think we don't need to like relitigate that too much <laughs> but i i do think they would they would have come down you know closer to our tier um but 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 even so like you know that that's a that's a strong conference mm-hmm. and you know in in an ideal world if you just take the the georgia teams birmingham and then the tennessee teams i i think reasonably the goal is uh we need to be punching up against we need to separate Knoxville and Nashville. Uh, and and I dare I say split them. Assuming Nashville's still gonna be the fucking team or whatever. Yeah. We need to be a, a, we need to be ahead of Knoxville. Well, I think we're right at Knoxville. I mean, I really do I think we were right at Knoxville. I know that I mean I don't think they were a, a tier above us. I mean oh, I, I, do, I do. I watched the I watched both games um and for half of the for the second half of both games. I mean, that home game they had two long, they had two long balls. And that was it. That, that was it. We were the better team in the second half. Yeah, but so I I don't think the difference between us and Knoxville is very much. I, I agree with that. I think they were half step better than us. I don't think they were full step. I think they were just yeah. slightly better. Yeah, I I mean I, I think I think okay maybe if we played them ten times maybe it's six four or I mean I I agree I, with that. I don't think they're that much better than us. Nashville. On their day, yes, they they're 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 a, a rung or two above, and, the, and so are the Eagles. So I I want, but what I what I'm asking what I'm saying here is like I want next you want to be clearly better than Knoxville to be better than Knoxville and to give ourselves a puncher's chance against against Nashville. So I'll, I'll put, um, I'll put and, and and then you just kind of small sample size goes where small sample size will yeah, go. Yeah. So we need the playoff format not to suck, and that is. Uh, incumbent on the NPSL or dependent on the NP- uh, WPSL, excuse me, <laughs> NPSL, WPSL, same shit, different uh, logo. And so that is probably going to fuck us. But <laughs> I want to host a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That w- If we're going to host a playoff game, realistically, for me to set that goal, that means there needs to be at least four game four playoff teams. And so there's two hosts. Or we just need the whole thing to be hosted, I guess, with us. But I, I don't know if I would count that. Uh, or maybe I would. I don't know. But point being is I want to host a playoff game next year. And I want, also want to break 2K on the on the mm. fans and unfortunately we don't fudge numbers at all anymore and so <laughs> like the, that 1700 turning into 2300 is just not happening and I, I wish that i didn't believe this but i now believe that we just need a playoff game to we need to build some excitement mm. we need to win we need some standalone women's games we need fuck these double headers but we need by the way fuck bob freeland for making that second second double header amen but i don't um I don't know. I don't know that we're going to break 2K realistically without a playoff game, but I think we could definitely break 2,000 fans if we got a playoff game because I think you'd get a little lead up and then people love a winner. People love. I mean, you could break 3K for a playoff game potentially because people get excited. So I want to break that. I want to get more butts and seats, which is something you said. 2K playoff game is what I added there, and then we need to host a playoff game in any case. We need an additional home game, and we need a game to reward the the community at the surround CFC for, for the support and whatever else and that, that, cause that's a big celebration. Right. And we need to, we need to uh, be able to give these players like a, a big atmosphere and, and a big, like 
reward for their for their season and not having a playoff game or sneaking into a playoff like we did last year when we were you know not very good right was a bummer yeah. so i think i think for us on this podcast the ask is in the uh, in the the wpsl meetings especially the conference meetings we need a conference playoff uh and the reason why i say that is uh it it gives it number one it gives us the best chance of having a, a, a playoff game hopefully it's I don't know if it's going to be top four with six teams or something like that, but like figure out something like do a little playoffs two versus three. Then you play the, the number one seed. Sure. However, something yeah. like that, kind of like it, how it's also, to be. we could just go be the number one seed. <laughs> That's fine too. The reason why I say that though, is traditionally the WPSL South region rotates the South region playoffs uh, from conference to conference. So Nashville got to host the South region playoffs not because they were just de- they were declared the best South region team. Uh, it was just the Southeast turn to host. Hmm. And as the, the Southeast representative, although there were two in the end, uh, but as the official Southeast representative, they were the ones that got to host the South region playoffs. Now, hmm, interesting. Uh, Charlotte Eagles makes the playoffs because FC fucking Dallas didn't want to travel and nobody else apparently in that conference wanted to travel. Uh, so they just gave it to Charlotte Eagles. Who went and won the whole thing? Well, what other travel and then go winning the whole thing? So I, I guess that's the ask uh, from from my side. Is we, we I think some a little a little conference playoffs uh, is the best way to get a, a home playoff game, unless we just go out and even if we go out and win the thing and it's just the the one seed advances might not get a playoff game. Playoffs probably gonna be in another region, fair or another another conference. Goal of the season. Nadia. No, Nadia. This is not a question. I think I think it's a clean sweep, come, but I just on. just to be different, I'm going to go with Sam's goal. <laughs> Same game, just to, just to add a little a little flavor. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, those two goals, man, those two goals. But Nadia's was yeah. Um, player of the year. Who is your overall player of the year? This is probably your your chance, Jim. To just say uh, to say Nadia if that's your player of the year. Yeah, I just she just she was just a joy to watch. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it to her. I mean, it's you know, if you go by stats, it's still probably summer. But I'll, I'll, Nadia, she gets the Blue Heart Award. The Blue Heart Award, yeah. Matthew. Who gets your Blue Heart Award? Honestly, that's a. I think that's a fair. That I think that's a fair shout. I think I think either either her or, or Katie were the kind of the heartbeat of the team. Yeah, Katie was uh, the engine going going both ways. <laughs> I think it's. I think those are. I mean, I, ten ten gold contributions is hard to ignore yeah. from summer. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll. So you went with Nadia. Yeah. I'll go with Summer, and I'll go with Katie. Perfect. <laughs> I think that yeah, a lot of stuff didn't show up on the stat line for Katie, um, oh, but absolutely. I think like she was such a game changer and difference maker when. When she was in, anytime she would come out, which she didn't sub a lot, but whenever she would come out, we were flatter. We were less good. We were less athletic. We were less technical. We were just less good. Um, and yeah, she was she was such a game changer. Um, and she was like the thing that started the danger. Remember Juan Hernandez back in the MPSL days, where like if he wasn't the pass before the pass or the pass that score the uh, the assist, we didn't score. That I felt like that was Katie for large portions uh, of the season. Moment of the season. What was the best moment of the season? Seventh goal versus Soda City. 
I mean, like, not really, but like, it, it's just such no, no, a. That's, you, that's your moment. That's for sure your it's moment. It's for sure my moments. Jim? Uh, I'm a, the the second goal in the Nashville game. Yeah. I was saying the yeah. Croissant St. Louis second goal. Yeah. I was, if I had to choose like something that wasn't extremely personal just for <laughs> me, it would have been, it would have been that. Yeah. Because uh, that, that moment is two, two draw against Nashville. Like that moment kind of encapsulates where I think we all yeah. want to be, which is on the same level as Nashville, like where they are as a, as a club. Like that's where I want to be. I'll, I'm gonna. Uh, I agree with Jim. It's objectively that's the one. I'll just to say a different one. I'm gonna say the release and relief of the uh, the Nadia Banger goal because like <laughs> it felt like oh no we're not gonna score against this stupid yeah. team that's not very good and then she just like pulls up from you know let I me mean, just unbelievable unbelievable pulls out that goal out of nowhere. Um, We've already talked about the return of Tommy Salsa, and that's just wonderful, by the way, just to have him back. Yeah, I love nice. I love him. And I heard from several of the girls, like, it's so good. It's so cool to have Tom Halsell here. And we're like, who? And then we had to explain <laughs> Tommy Salsa. Um, but they were like, yeah, he's great. And, and we, we were like, yeah, we know. He's he's a CFC legend. So um, it's just really, really cool. And then Juan as an assistant was just such a highlight, I think, for me. Um, all right. You two are going to have to explain this question to me. Uh, I have the first listener question. And sorry, listeners. Oh, no, we're not doing that one. No, we're not doing that question. Okay, well, good. You don't have to explain a thing that I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's better for me. Does the WPSL still feel like the right fit for this team? And sorry, you guys, we don't have uh, whoever asked these questions. Let's be real. They're probably all dudes, but guys or gals. Um, but does the WPSL still feel right uh, as a right fit for this team? Or does a league move for the women seem to be on the horizon soon as well? Just as the rumors of you know, other pro leagues and whatever else. <laughs> You really stepped around that one. <laughs> Other pro women's leagues. Uh, That's true. Yes. Okay. So the answer to this is is no. I don't think there's any there's any movement. Uh, number U- one, UWS W League. Those are your only two choices yeah, that are non pro. Yeah. Number one, right. we're territory locked out of Correct. out of the W League. Right. Uh, and that was another question here. So if somebody doesn't know. It's USL. It's the next question. So does the W League, USL W League have territory rights? Does it start with USL? If it starts with USL, (laughs) they're territory rights. Well said, Jim. Uh, Now, like, (laughs) UWS exists. um, And I think think it's truly, like, region by region in terms of competitiveness, in terms of, like, organization. uh, A lot like the NPSL. uh, In in that kind of way, like, it's as good as, like, your, you know, five teams around you or so want it to be. And the, the UWS just doesn't have a presence in the Southeast. Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't. Like, it tried, but it just didn't get there. And I, I frankly don't even know if they were able to even cobble together those, like, two Pensacola teams and one random Atlanta team into anything more than, than that. Um, so the answer is no. And, and, and frankly, like, we've got a ways to go. In, in terms of competitiveness, I think before we even really need to consider, uh, actually, both competitiveness and uh, off the field fan support, and, and like just the general like commercial side of of soccer, before we need b- before there's even reason to have this conversation. Yeah, to consider the various pro leagues. Yeah, I mean, like, well, number one, we'll be territory locked out of out of one of them, and and you know, WPSL does have designs 
mm-hmm. for a women's, I think, Division three, three yeah. pro league. Uh, it's something I'll be paying attention to, uh, but it's still a couple years uh, away. And we're definitely a couple years, probably more than a couple years away from even like being able to have that conversation. But that, that starts with the, the pro, the pro angle, at least that starts with fan support and, and, and being able to, uh, you know, you know, being able to do it. So I think we're, I think we're a ways off. I want to emphasize one point here too, for the WPSL, the road trips are short. We only had one overnight trip this year. And I, I think we all have our qualms with the schedule, but we probably should have had two overnight trips. That is very good for an amateur women's team. That yes. is very good for being able to field players who are working full-time. And it is very good for the the monetary side of it and the fan travel side of it, which is you don't have high travel costs. So the WPSL also fits us very well there. Mm-hmm. What was the deal with players that left after the first game? Oh, God. You want me to take this one? No, I'll do it. Uh, so we had we had a player decide to go home, uh, for for whatever reason, and I, I don't I'm not going to get in the weeds of it. But a player decided they they wanted to go home, and unfortunately, another player felt like uh, like that was her ride, that was who she mm-hmm. came with, that was her roommate. Felt like she also had to go. Yep, and it was just unfortunate, and yeah. and that's that's kind of. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the situation. If you commit your summer to CFC and you just decide you're no longer committed because you whatever, that's how you become she who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Given that the Southeast Conference has some of the best players in amateur women's soccer, at least in the WPSL, that part I added. Um because this says in women's soccer period. I don't know if I agree with that. In the <laughs> WPSL, certainly. Um we just talked about the two teams and, and whatever else. How do we possibly compete? Get better players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it starts with recruiting. Yeah, I think it's 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 always um, be recruiting. That's right. It it's always yeah. I I mean, I as think an it, Alabama football fan over there, goes, always be recruiting. It go, it goes back to um, creating an atmosphere. Um, big be, being the team that is on the the tip of the tongue of every coach. Um, and, and being known for a for a good place for young women to come, you know, during during their summer to to play. I mean, it, it's it's got to be building that reputation, um, and so you can attract the players that that you want to attract. I think too often in women's soccer so far, and then men's soccer had this problem at a certain point, but women's soccer has is not a super like accustomed to having fans and having all right. those things. And and one of the coolest parts of that, like the cool byproduct of that is that when the these players realize that there are fans that support them, we get like little things where somebody will say like, yeah, the the, the players ask like, are they really going to come on the road? Right. Like yeah. they're going to come to every game? Yeah. Like that that is something that is taken for granted on the men's side. And I'm not I'm not shitting on them. I'm just like it's taken for granted like, oh yeah, it's normal for this. And on the women's side, I think it's not emphasized as much cuz it's not expected. And one thing I think that's going to have to happen as we go forward, number one, we have to build a core of players that, that come back every year and that recruit their friends. I think you saw it this year. 
you saw um, several players, and I won't go through who they are, but um, and not to get too in the weeds about individual players, we had several players that came here in part because other players recruited them to come here. Mm-hmm. They played with other players, and they were upgrades on last year. Mm-hmm. And next year, you need more of that. That's the first piece. You need girls telling their teammates. You need them telling the the people they played with on uh, a regional team, people that play, they played ODP with people. That, you need the, the word of mouth to, Hey, right. th- this team took care of, as you just pointed out. Yeah. And then you need an, an ambitious recruiting program that puts together a big winning season. So you need one big winning season because I, I think the thing that's currently dominating women's soccer, as far as I can tell on the amateur side. And, and I think this happens on the men's side. It's just, the fan element. I think we had more of an advantage there because more guys looked at it and said, Oh, I want to play in front of fans is that once you get a team that wins, I mean, look at Nashville. When you win, like, it makes every, like, it's all about winning. And they don't really care. They don't seem to care what's going on otherwise. And I think what we need is one good winning season, one like, where we're, we're a powerhouse. And like then the floodgates to open. And then everyone goes. Not only is that, a, is that a cool place to play, but look at the chance to win. And I think that's what's currently missing. We'll see what going into next year, because we were so bad last year on the field. And I think this year was probably harder to recruit because of that. And I'm hopeful, I don't know if I'm optimistic, but I'm hopeful that that's kind of the next evolution next year. It's like, hey, look at all these, look at how good we were. Look at how close we were. Now, like, let's get those. Because we don't have this academy. Another way you can do it is have an academy that brings in, we have a solid, like we had players that played this year out of our academy and we were a good team. But Women's Football Club of, uh, or sorry, sorry, 865 Alliance had multiple players that were academy players that were like mm-hmm. freshmen that were game changers mm-hmm. against us. You're talking about like national player of the year, like game changers. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. if we're not going to get that out of our academy, we got to get that out of recruiting. Um, so that's how we compete is that we build a winning culture on top of our, because we're doing everything else mostly right. We have more support than anybody else. We want to see even more, but we have more support than anybody else. Off the field, everybody's taken care of as well or better than anywhere else. So now we got to get to that next step. That's my thought. No, on it's it. not the X, what, what they you know, say in college recruiting, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy and Joe's. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the women's equivalent of that is, but it's, it's recruitment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's recruiting the players and winning comes from getting the best. Play. I mean, I, it's like a chick, it may be a little bit of a chicken and the egg kind there of thing, for sure. egg, but yeah. um, you got to get the players here to win. And then the winning begets more winning. 100%. And that's why, I don't think we have a predictions segment here, but if we did, I would want one thing I'd want to see is like next year we have to make that big run, not just because of um, we want to win, but because if we're gonna get to where we want to get, like like you said, we have to start winning. What? Why was depth an issue as the season wore on? Our good players got hurt. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, I mean that's a crude way of putting it, but like I don't think it's just that our good players got hurt because I think that was also true. I think we were particularly thin in one position. Midfield. The six in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, we essentially lost two starting midfielders mm-hmm. in She Who Shall Not Be Named and then Samantha Mosley. And when we lost those two players, we're down two starters. And it's just tough to fill that. But Samantha really just tied everything together and we just weren't able to excel after that. Yeah. But And then it was all the other pieces too. Um, I think... That is just a risk you have whenever you build a team. Yeah, I'm not even mad or or critical of how the team was built because I think it's. T- I think they built a really good midfield. Looking back on it, and then 
we lost a player to injury and we lost a player to and, circumstance. And, and think about like like Grace we brought in who who was injured coming in. We were hoping that she was going to be, uh, you know, a, a a big time player for us going into the the latter half of the season. Obviously, her in, her injury issues just like uh, it just meant that she wasn't as available uh, and wasn't like you know match match ready yet. And like that's a that's a player in housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a bummer, you know. Like, and and, and if a, that happens a couple of times, we'll throw we'll throw Maudsley into it. Uh, although that was getting hurt in the middle of the season, you start you when your when your housing spot players have some injuries, it's just it's just real tough. Like it's just real tough. So we have a prediction on returners or retirees. I'd actually like to stay away from that question out of respect for not getting stuck in the weeds of like, do I want this player back? Do I not want this player back? That's fair. But I do want to. The second part of this question was potential player poachings. <laughs> And so, I'm just gonna point. I'm just gonna point out. I would like Yuki Watari to come do the Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> celebration uh, for us instead of against us. And I don't care. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah. I about her. About who she brings with her. Who she doesn't. Like I would love to have a player that because the di- biggest difference between us and Nashville was her. Yeah. Like Nashville was like a little just a smidge above us all over the field. But not like way above us. Just, a, just like kind of like we were pretty similar when we were full strength. When we were full strength, and, yeah. and they were full strength, we were kind of similar teams. But Yuki was a step above everybody. I mean, she scored the first two, the goals in the two goals in the first game. Mm-hmm. She was the source of danger that whole game. I mean, it just she is an absolute game changer, and I want an absolute game changer. And she is the one from this conference that I am familiar with and that I would like. Well, there's another player on that team, and I can't remember. I cannot remember her name. Small. Asian, Japanese, uh, Japanese, yeah, think, yeah. Uh, national team player. I think as yeah. well. I think they're both. Yeah. I actually don't. Yuki's Brazilian and Japanese. I actually don't think she has any uh, national team. So I can't remember caps. her name, but I'd be fine with her. On the <laughs> so there's a well. bunch of players on that team that I would take. Sure. I, I mean, there's. Um, if if anybody's listening, I think we should take about ten players off that team <laughs> and then fill in with a bunch of our players, yeah. and then bada boom, bada bing, uh, you got the the dream squad. Um, but yeah, I would. I do think that one of the best chances for us to get. Um, players who like quote unquote get it, who know maybe not know what Chattanooga is about, but at least have been exposed to it and go like, I want to play there. Now that we've been better on the field and they've seen two years in a row, or potentially have had the chance to see two years in a row, maybe we'll get some player poachings from within the Southeastern Conference. Uh, I want to see us. Uh, I want to see us recruit D one better. Uh, we we made a, a big stride there with with a lot of players from uh, from Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, frankly, a lot of that had to do with uh, who, Roberts. who that coach is mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, uh, someone who who had had the CFC experience, even if it was just for one year. It shows you what the CFC experience gives you, though, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I, I want to see. Hopefully, we get a you know a, a little bit more D one talent coming in because uh, at, at, at the at the men's game, especially with the, the influx of international players, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter as much. I think at the women's game, it it, it really does. Uh, and and that's a that's one element I want to see more of in the future. I can't believe he didn't say to poach that grumpy Smurf. I mean, like <laughs> I almost said I almost said that. So she's young, and it, assuming like some of, like Caroline doesn't come back and whatever else, I would love to see Grumpy Smurf <laughs> in the conversation. I I, I will echo the. Um, I will echo the D1 player thing. The one thing that concerns me about that is the the constant problem of why do these teams not want to play in the playoffs? 
because some of them lose their players, not just because they don't want to travel. Um, I worry about that thing, but I D1 women's soccer in this country is the place where all the best players in the world play. Mm -hmm. Um, it, that is going to change as like these academies all over the world get better, but we should be one of the premier destinations. And I realize because the USLW league is well-established and because there are professional teams with second teams there and whatever else, um, it makes it a little bit harder and there are WPSL teams that are second teams, but we really should have some serious D1 talent. And hopefully this year, I mean, we had some D1 players, Hopefully this year is just the start of that. And right. I also don't think that the only talent is in, because I mean, you look at uh, Nadia Ivanchenko, who is very talented, not playing D1. And then you look Katie Johnson was very talented playing D1. There are many, that's just sure, two players. Yeah, there but are many examples. I think you can mix the, I think you can mix the two. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention uh, on the uh, like returners, retirees, that kind of thing is, and, and why, in addition to we don't want to specul speculate about individual players, it's the beginning of August. A lot of life is going to happen for mm. someone who's going to be asked to play amateur soccer next summer. That that could be getting a job and struggling with the with with the reality of like how do you manage a full time job and a second job that you don't get paid for playing soccer still. Sure, it could be. Uh, it could be like moving away for a job. Now we might be the beneficiaries of someone moving to Chattanooga for their employment and being like, I want to play soccer. Like I, I want to give it another year, maybe whatever. Do you think Yuki Watari wants to be a fitness influencer <laughs> also in Chattanooga? <laughs> if you look up her Instagram, that is, she's an aspiring fitness influencer. Uh, and so like it, it, there's just, there's just so much life that, that still has to happen between now and, you know, November, December, February, January, February, like when some of this stuff starts happening. And, and, and by the way, like these things are, we, we always used to ask, beg the club for a roster mm -hmm. in the NPSL days. And I mean, beg, uh, just to get like, I would tweet if, every day when I woke up at 4am. If we had a friendly on a weekend, like, you know, Monday before, like, can we get a, Can we, can we get a roster? Like surely. And the more we did that, the more annoyed everyone else got. And they finally let us in on, on like kind of like a little bit inside what, how baseball. hard it is. And, and they were basically saying like, yo, this is the roster on, on Wednesday for the Saturday game, but also just be prepared for it to change <laughs> like up until Friday night. And, and when like, I remember in 2018, we lost between uh, like late April to, uh, or, or March or whenever like kind of rosters get kind of locked in. We lost like four starters in, mm -hmm. in, in, in like the, the weeks, six weeks or so leading up to that NPSL season four projected starters uh, due to just circumstances. And it, it's, it's just so hard to judge. It's just, just so hard to, to predict uh, an, an amateur sport. And, and, and that's just yeah, another reason why we're not going to, we're not going to go there. Jim, I have a very difficult question for you. Um, can we schedule an entire season of Birmingham and Soda Cities, please? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, but we wouldn't want to anyway. So it'd be fun for one season, <laughs> I guess. I guess until you got to the playoffs and actually played somebody yeah. with a beating heart. So, uh, any chance for a friendly or two to pad out the season a little more? Blaze. Uh, any Blaze. chance? Yes, there's a chance. I, I think mean, I think that's got to be on CFC's goals for next year. Yeah, uh, they're going to want more home dates. 
they it's really tough to fig to to fit them in, and it's really tough to find uh, opponents to play. But as long as they're not losing money on games, so like fans have to show up. But as long as they're opening the door, whatever the open door break even point is, like they're going to want more home dates. And if they're losing, that's a that's a problem for the community. If they're losing money yeah. on every game, oh hi mix, hey buddy, uh, any any players you thought played better than expected. So I'm going to I'm going to rephrase that a little bit. Who was your surprise of the season? Your player that you maybe you just didn't have expectations for or that you were like holy shit this player rules. I think I think I'll start with just like Avery Catlett goes in that category. Uh because she was a good player, she was an important player for us last year. But she went like a full step above. And part of that was was college too. Uh but, but she was an integral part of, of this team for, um, uh, so I, I would choose her as a returning player. I think it's a little harder for, uh, and we talked about this in the, in the roster preview pod before the season started. Some of these players that came in, uh, you're looking at like their, their kind of their CV, uh, their resume, and and that only tells you so much. You need to actually like see some film, uh, see them in the environment, and it's it just a lot of women's players don't have uh, a YouTube highlight package, for example. Mm-hmm. And and that and highlights don't tell you everything. Um, I'm you know acutely aware of that, <laughs> but like th- it, it's something. It's something that you can just see. Like people that understand the game can look at uh, look at highlights. And and quickly be able to determine okay like you know, rough level is there rough level of competition here okay looking at it we, we we just don't have any evidence sometimes and so I I, I would say that are you saying you could didn't have enough information to make an informed opinion therefore nobody surprised you <laughs> or everyone surprised me uh, I mean like think about think about the contributions that Croissant or or or, or Katie Johnson or, or Nadia had Maudsley I mean the list goes on. You know these players that came in, and 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 you saw them on paper, and then you saw them in real life and what they were able to do, and you know I, I think that was surprising to just like learn like it's the exciting part of of when new players come into your team, pro or amateur, mm-hmm. you know like finally being able to watch them and see what they can do like it's it was exciting to watch Katie Johnson especially being so close to her for for. Uh, that, that first, first game. that first half of that first game, yeah. uh, to, to watch her play, she was just such a better player up close. You're like, yeah. holy shit! Yeah. yeah, just like just like it's exciting to watch uh, a player like Anatoly on the men's side, or, or or Aiden Bowers, who we saw with Cal United before that, like then actually playing for you. Um, yeah, that that's how I would take that question, Jim. Do you have somebody? Uh, well, I mean, watching Summer and uh, just just how Steve, she still has it, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was that was a delight, and then KD that first that first game. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I can't say that they didn't meet expectations because I had no expectations for anyone, but um, yeah, watching her that first game, and of course, I've said it too many times, um, just watching Nadia play. I'm gonna say Chrisan because yeah. I saw the four time St. Lucian Player of the Year. <laughs> And I was just kind of like, okay. Like, I just did not give that the credit that it deserved. And I couldn't really find highlights of hers that, like, were particularly impressive. And I just didn't have high expectations. And then she just kind of blew out, mm-hmm. blew all my expectations out of the water. And she's 
deserves the accolades. And yeah, big fan, big fan. Is the 2023 boys, boys, comma, is the 2023 CFC women primary Navy kit the best CFC kit of all time? You mean this one? The one on your, yeah, look at that. It's a good background. I mean, like, maybe. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really well, it's way up there. I, yeah. Um, put that with white shorts and put it in the history books. It's such a good kit. I mean, it really is. I'm going to say no, <laughs> but I'm going to say it's part of the best set of jerseys we've ever had yeah. and it's not close yeah. i think there's too many other great jerseys i actually don't think we have a clear number one anymore i have a favorite but i don't know if we have a clear number What's one your favorite the 2019 blue light blue wrong Ooh. blue with the rubberized mm. the rubberized um patches the nr the one year of inaria yeah god bless the those light blue some, those are some good kits until until this season, that was the best set. The light blue, the sky blue, yeah, yeah. The navy yeah. sky blue, orange, orange. Keep bring back orange, yeah, yeah. So, but bring I think, back, bring back bright orange. But what you both said is true. I think it is in the conversation. I think oh, it's a top it five. Definitely is. I think it's a top five. And the, one of the hard parts is in this set of kits, there's like three of the top five, ever. And we should do that uh, at some point. Talk about which one's the best off season. Yeah, because because <laughs> we will be in here for two more hours. Right. Um. Are we still associated with Wolfsburg? Yeah. 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 There's so far as I know. There. Yeah. This is not something that was asked, but I'm going to ask a follow up on that. Um, what do you guys want to see out of the Wolfsburg partnership? Pie in the sky, and then maybe a realistic. Send base. us players. Okay. Pie in the sky. If, if you're if you're a great player coming out of the Wolfsburg Academy, and you decide to make your college choice in the United States, uh, if you want to stay in the academy and and do whatever, like great, fine. But if you if you're a Wolfsburg player, you come to the United States for college, especially if you you want the college experience, you want the education, uh, which is a, a big reason why like players come uh, and, and leave their academy setups. Uh, please direct them here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be one. Like that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a, a start, you yeah. know. Like I I want I want them to like send us players that they are evaluating. And like you know, generally a, a, during the summer, like a coach or, or someone from the academy over there spends some time in Chattanooga, does a camp, maybe does a couple of camps, whatever. Um, you know, every every summer they come over and do some stuff. It would be really nice if they have a bunch of players they want to evaluate, and just happen to have a coach over here doing a camp and can actually evaluate them in person. There's no substitute for that. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yep. Give you a I'll give you a pie in the sky one. I'll give you two pie in the sky ones. Friendly. With the Wolfsburg women's team. We've got to come a long way before we get there. But they're like fucking best four teams in the world, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. And, we're, yeah. and we're number one. Um, <laughs> number one most important massive club. Um, so that's the that's one pie in the sky. And the other piece would be pie in the sky. I'd love to see our women go over there to train with them at some point. And that, I would love that for the whole team. But maybe that is a couple players from here go over and spend a week mm. training with mm. the Wolfsburg first team. In part because they're looking at them, in part because it's part of the partnership. I would love to see that. I think that was a little more doable. But yeah, there's there's two pie in the skies. Yeah. Predictions for how KD will do in at Lille. Fucking crush it. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you know I Liga the the women's and that's not I mean it's a it's you know it's top five only because the that's one of the top five men's leagues so it's but there, she's on a newly relegated not newly relegated newly promoted team. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a leap up, so it's gonna be a jump up. 
I'm going to say it depends on what position she plays. If she is asked to be a wingback like she was this year in a 3-5-2, I think she'll do very well. Um, I think if they ask her to be a left back, I don't know if she can ha- if she can handle the defensive work. And she's left-footed, so that's very possible they ask her to be a left back. If they, hi- if they want her to be the attacking winger on the left or the right side. I'm not saying she can't do it. I'm saying that's a different proposition, though. So I think it just yeah, depends I mean, where she's but asked outside, to play. It's just hard. It's I, you know, I know next to I know Leon, and that's about it in the women's in one the of the women. best one of the best teams in the world, if not the best team in the yeah. world. So I know them, but I really don't know enough about the other teams. I just know that the team she's joining knocked it out of the park in the second division, like by a long shot. And so there was talent there. Um, so we'll. I mean, it's it's going to be, but it's it's a jump up. I mean, it's it's a. It's going to be a jump up. That reminds me, I need to add Katie and um, Cozy to the uh, my Fop Mob notifications. Alerts, yeah. So somebody's got to keep track of how she does because I, I want yeah. the, I want the, the check backs in. Anyone else we see going pro off, off this team? I would I would think Nadia at some point. Uh, I think she has one year. What'd she say on our podcast? She has one year of eligibility left in college. She has two, maybe two. Um, so like maybe maybe hopefully we get her back for another summer. Um, before she has the opportunity to go pro, but I, I think she's one of those players that that definitely could. Uh, the kind of question being, you know, is it going to be? Would it be in the United States? Would it be back in Europe, where she would probably have more opportunities, mm-hmm. especially with a European passport? Right. Uh, if I if I look at the rest of the squad, man, I think I, I mean I think Mosley's got some potential for it. There there were two players on this team, and probably and probably Croissant as well. There were two players on this team that have played professional minutes before coming into this year. Isn't one of them she who shall not be named. Correct. <laughs> the other one's Nadia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Grace Barker Roberts, um, who I don't know if it was like technically pro or she played kind of with a pro team. But the, like, so I do think Nadia, um, yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to project that. Also, because also like, the women's pro game is is changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not just in this country with the addition of the Super League, which is scheduled publicly at least promoted to start uh, in like August of twenty twenty four, which could be an interesting dynamic. Players playing a summer amateur schedule and then potentially getting picked up in the in the in the Super League, uh, which would be a, a, a overall good at development for women's soccer in this country uh, to have other avenues for professional soccer. Um, but like also like the investment from uh, European big, you know, big traditional men's big European teams who are now pumping some money into their women's teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by the way, that's not just happening in Europe. That's happening in other places too. Uh, there's a long-term plans for a Canadian women's professional league. Uh, you see the success of. Well, they should probably get working on that so they don't get eliminated yeah. in the first round of the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see this uh, the success of a team like Colombia in the Women's World Cup. Like they've got their own domestic, uh, they've got their own domestic league. Then the Mexican uh, first division for for women's football is is starting to really uh, is starting to really come up now. There are a lot more avenues than there ever have been, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully that means. As as CFC takes steps in terms of the the amateur player side and the amateur recruitment side, hopefully that the the opportunities in the women's professional game 
that are increasing gives more chances for CFC players uh, while we're still an amateur club to then progress in their careers, which is a, a stated goal of us mm-hmm. uh, and, and was on the men's side and is still as a professional team on the men's side. We want to see players move up uh, and, 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 and be the best, be the best they possibly can be. Uh, and at some point that does mean leaving CFC. Uh, and I think we want the same on the women's side too. And, and, you know, Addie really impressed me. Uh, she's a rising junior or is she a rising senior? Uh, I don't remember. I believe she's a rising senior. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she just, you know, when she did not get a lot of minutes, but when she was on the field, she looked every bit the part. Someone like Sarah so. King, who, if I listening to our preview, I think might've been a freshman. Um, if she's not, it's less impressive, but I think the age profile is actually the most important part of this mm-hmm. question yeah. because we had a, but this year, unlike last year, last year we had a lot of younger players or a lot of like, yeah, we had a lot more, I think we had a lot more younger players, I have to go back and count, that played a lot more minutes. I think this year we had a lot of like fifth year or, you know, one year out of college players or final year of eligibility players. And I think it's easier to say like where they're going to arrive and harder to say where the players with two or three years left of eligibility because they can really make that step. I agree with the, the Addy is a great. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's not even started her eligibility. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A lot more ceiling there. Um, is this is the last one of the listener questions? Is Finley best suited for the women's team or is there a value in a, or is there value rather in cur- a currently non-existent uh, and all completely hypothetical small Montague <laughs> park stadium? I do think that's that's something to I do think that's the question that that ultimately the ownership in the front office are going to have to to really wrestle with because you could also argue that a 20,000 seat football stadium is not truthfully what the men's pro first team uh needs uh oh, well, yeah. in, in, in an ideal scenario and if that's the case given the the, the disparity of attendance, which again, I would like to see, you know, co- become a little bit more even uh, from, from men into women. I, I think that would only intensify. I would love, I would love for CFC to play in a smaller, more intimate setting. Um, what, whatever it ends up being. And obviously there's uh, a lot of emphasis put it being put on growth right now with, with Alton's uh, hiring uh, a CEO, four or five new jobs available. Uh, come work for CFC, allegedly. Uh, um, <laughs> so you know, I, I think I think that's that, that's a long term good question to ask. Uh, obviously, we rent Finley Stadium, and the economics of, of of doing a women's team that gets right now less fan support than the men's makes a rental scenario a little bit more challenging, especially if we ever want to truly consider like the jump up to maybe pro women's soccer and whatever shape, form or existence that might be one day. Mm. I think we're going to have to answer the question at some point in time uh, uh, of what, what our stadium solution is. And hopefully if it's a a more intimate space um, in this hypothetical scenario in the future, then, you know, maybe the, the, Having fifteen hundred fans at a, at a women's game doesn't feel as empty as in, compared to twenty thousand seats in Finley Stadium. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
so finances aside, um, the 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 current situation is not good for the men or the women. I mean, it's so just for the for the exact reasons that Matt said. It needs to be a smaller, more intimate, um, you know, fans on both sides, uh, supporters behind a goal. Maybe I you know I don't know. It it needs to be. It needs to be that. It needs to be around ten thousand, you know, maybe ten thousand at the most, um, to you know, something like that, seventy five hundred, ten thousand. But setting that out aside, if the men are in Finley, the women need to be at Finley. Bingo. I agree with that. But at the pro- the financial, I, I realize. I think you're also alluding to the, there are financial realities, sure. and like I don't know how to wrestle with those because I'm not the ones writing the checks. But man, if the men are at Finley, I want to see the women yeah. at Finley. I mean, it, the. I, it's not great for the men either. So the the pie in the sky, absolute. What I want is a small smaller stadium for both teams. Sure, but wherever the men are, the women need to be. Could not agree more. All right, before we close this bad boy up, season grades on the field, off the field. You can go letter grade. Should go numbers. We'll convert your. <laughs> we'll, we'll do some translation on gyms. Um, Matthew, why don't you lead us off? Shit. On the field, off the field, and actually, over, you know, and I forgot overall, which is which is, combines the two. And by the way, Matthew proved last year they do math doesn't have to make sense because he did yes, two I of ten that. and seven of ten, and then said nine of ten. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did do that, didn't I? You I did, not, and I the did two did plus that. seven equals nine, and that's not how that's, that works. That's not how averaging works. Yeah, <laughs> it does if your name's Matthew. Uh, yeah, I, I make my own rules. Um, let's start on the field. Uh, we were we were sixth place in the table out of nine. Uh, I'm gonna give us credit where credit is not deserved, but I'm gonna give us credit for for <clears throat> that for that seven goal win over Soda City. And if the plan had gone perfectly, and a women's football club of Charlotte did their fucking job, <laughs> we would have been squarely mid table uh, in that scenario. So with that in mind, I'm going to give us a 5 out of 10 on the field. It was uh we we were we were a fucking mid-table team. We had some wins, we had some losses, we had some draws. We were exactly mid-table. Uh and and therefore we're getting a we're getting a 5. Uh I graded on a curve last year uh for the on the field performance. On a mountain more like. And I'm not doing that this year. We were mid-table, we're getting a 5. On the field. On the field. Okay. Jim, on the field. Well, um, a 5 out of 10 is an, is an F, so I'm not giving that. <laughs> this is a guy who works in the school system. <laughs> I'm not giving that. I mean, it's a, it's a C plus, so I would say a C plus. Maybe a C. C a C minus plus. So we're calling a 7 of 10. Sure. Jesus. <laughs> Again, you no no. You pick your grades. Don't let yeah, don't let him don't a, let him bully you. It's a C. You. It's a C. It's we're mid table. It's a C. It's average. Don't let him bully you. Uh, I <laughs> I am also giving a five out of ten. But yeah, I'm giving that is insane. But that's I'm giving that's, that's not even a high F. That is a low F. That's <laughs> like hang on. That's like let's you go can't back. be in school anymore. Ever you, you get suspended. But in, I'm not in, gra- in your system, you're getting five points out of 10 that's right. for just like putting just your name on the, on the just test. Just showing up. Put your name on the test. You get a five. I'm doing mine like soccer, like soccer ratings that newspapers give. 
Oh, okay. Where a six is actually pretty high. Yeah, six is pretty good, yeah. And a seven is very high. Six and And an eight is like, oh my God. So that's why I'm giving a five out of 10. And I was considering considering lower, but uh, it is an F. Um, I'm I'm really shocked that we ended up at the same result. I was going to do four, actually, but I decided to do five. And here's actually, I I, I had a different rationale, but the same conclusion that you did. Because of how the WPSL playoffs went, with Charlotte winning it all and Nashville being incredibly good, it gave me more perspective, and I went five out of 10. As if you had asked me at the end of the season, I would have given us like a three and a half or a four. That's ridiculous. I was very upset. Like a two. I was very upset. All right. Off the field. Jim, you can go first this time. Oh, a solid B. So eight of 10. Sure. (laughs) I'm writing these down. Matthew. I thought our, uh, I, I thought we took, some marginal strides. Uh, I'm thinking mostly in the streaming department. Uh, marginal is harsh. <laughs> solid, solid step okay, forward. Fine. Uh, I, I think we, I think we took a, a solid step forward in on off the field, and therefore I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Okay, I'm giving a seven out of ten. I think we did big steps forward in almost everything I wanted, except the doubleheaders. Oh well, there yeah. was not enough women's standalone games. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't want to call it a lack of respect, but like it was, it it did not allow for, uh, and we didn't have any other friendlies during the season. So it was only four. So we had basically two, three doubleheaders, two doubleheaders, two standalone. That's Mm -hmm. right. The two doubleheaders plus the, the schedule shaking out where we had one at home in Nashville on the road that sucked. And yeah, that's going to happen though. I think. It is, but, but we, we, had, we had two different ones of the the, the women's football club of Charlotte match. Was yes, true. A, mm-hmm. a, a home match for CFC men. Yeah. But I'm just I'm grading a little harder on that one um, because I really didn't like how the schedule sh- shook out. I'm not sure why, but overall I did not like the schedule. I can actually tell you why the second doubleheader happened. Bob fucking Bob. Friedland. <laughs> yeah, he said it earlier. He, I know he did. <laughs> he uh, he was just like, hey, we're not we're not playing the. Uh, remember how like the schedule changed like. Yeah. Um, like very, very early on, like all of a sudden, like schedule was just different. Bob Freeland just fucking called us up and said, Hey, by the way, uh, we're not coming that day. Mm. We're coming this day. And so why do we have a doubleheader then? Because the women were already scheduled. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So it, regardless, I mean, we should have told Bob Freeland to go fuck himself. Um, and I'll tell him right now, hey, Bob Freeland, go fuck yourself. Um, I didn't like the doubleheaders. That I'm, part wasn't cool. I'm planning. If if the rumors are, are true, what rumors? I hope to be doing that uh, in a few. Of us joining the USLW League? At wow. Some, uh, at, at some point in time. Um, okay. <laughs> that, so off the field. Yeah. Overall, I'll go first. Um, oh, so that we're, it's, all, it's all equal here. My overall is six of 10. I just averaged the two. Um, again, it's on the player rating scale. It's not a the freaking D. Um, well, it's a low D actually some places that's an F some places that is an F come on. Um, we weren't good enough on the field. And so, uh, six of 10, I consider a passing grade. Um, (laughs) D's mean degrees. D's, D's almost sometimes get degrees as long as they're not in your core subjects. Um, I'm giving a six of 10. It's, It's halfway between my five and my seven. It's the lowest like possible acceptable grade for this year, in part because we didn't get that much better on the field. I mean, we got better. I'm sorry. We got quite a bit better on the field. Yeah. We were not where I wanted us to be. Sure. And again, right after the season, I would have graded us much more harshly because I really, really wanted us to see, and I believe we should be the class of 
of the WPSL and of women's soccer. But I've also given some reasons here during this podcast why I think it's it is more difficult to do that. So uh, six of ten, I'm not super disappointed. I'm just there's a lot of room to to improve. Jim. Yeah, I mean it's it's a B minus. I mean it was C plus B minus whatever. Seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Matthew. Three. Are you going to add your five and, and eight this time and do 13? 13 out of 10. No. Uh, but I'm glad you reminded no, me that. 13 out of 10, no notes. I'm glad that you reminded me it was a five and it was an eight. Uh, so last year, I I took the, uh, what did I give last year? A nine. Nine. Oh, yeah, because I added you seven said, out of 10. You then, said seven out of 10 off the field, two out of 10 on the field, but it doesn't matter. They came back. It's a nine of 10 overall. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so obviously, I graded um, on a mountain. I graded graded on an absolute mountain. You're like curve. the PE teacher that comes in to teach math. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> it's and, literally actually Matthew's five. And, and and large, large, large weight was given. Uh, extreme weight was given to like the off the field stuff, um, because it was brought back and and because like. Everywhere except on, on on the field, it was it was you can't say a step in the right direction because you're starting from scratch. But like it was it was really really good. Right. We got better off the field, in my opinion, uh, from from the first year to the the second year. But I said very very clearly that uh, that we got a pass on the field for 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 that first season and then it actually mattered in year two therefore i'm going to give more weight and 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 on the average bullshit thing i'm going to give more weight to the on the field grade than i will the off the field grade and i'm going to give it a six out of ten because like and, and and that six is mostly like yeah we made a giant stride forward on on the field product Hmm. Uh, but we belong. I believe we belong. And if no, you don't believe that we belong, you can go fuck yourself. I believe we belong in the upper echelon of not just the Southeastern Conference, but WPSL and women's amateur soccer in this country. I want to be the fucking best. And we need another giant step. Mm-hmm. We need as big a step as we made from one, one and six to three, three and three two and three we need as big a step from that we made this year again forward right because it needs i six oh and one because i i believe we will take care of the players off the field i believe that we're gonna uh mm-hmm. put a, put a good product uh excuse me in, in in the stand and like you know give give the respect that the team deserves and in, in the match day environment deserves i believe all that all those things uh i'd love to find ways to improve on that but like i believe all those things are going to happen the on the field product is where it has to get better uh, again. It must. Beautiful. Well, boys, do we have anything we want to add here? I think we've summed up uh, the season. We've done a bunch of listener questions, and yeah, yeah I, think, I think we've been sitting here long enough that the 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 next the women's season is supposed <laughs> to start in like. 15 minutes well we better we better go then listeners thank you for listening viewers thank you for viewing jim thank you for oh, joining forgot. us yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're over there on uh, if, it, if it's still uh, recording who knows if it's still recording <laughs> um but thank you boys for for joining us or for joining me for for doing the thing and uh listeners we'll catch up with you soon peace